the transfiguration of our Lord. An interesting account. Miraculous account, to say the least. Peter, James, John, witnesses of this. Jesus really went up the mountain with them. Jesus really had his vision, figuration. He metamorphosized and something changed about his appearance. He glue. It was glowing. Glue. Glue's not a word, is it? It still communicates, right? Bear with me. I've got the pulpit. (laughs) He was glowing. His clothes even, right? This is something else. Something otherworldly. Something that certainly shows forth his divinity. Right? Okay. His face shines like the sun. Moses and Elijah appear then, and you go, whoa, this is pretty big. We've got two big heavy hitters from the Old Testament here, law and prophets, right? And Peter's, tis good Lord to be here. Oh, Peter. We sang it with him, but we forgot that line when the scriptures say he did not know what he was saying. He didn't know what he should say. So he just said that, right? Okay, glory and divinity. Welcome to Transfiguration Sunday. Is that it? I suppose we could maybe go at a different angle and dive a little deeper and say, well, what of Moses and Elijah showing up? The law and prophets bearing witness to Jesus. And then we can talk about the inspiration of Holy Scripture. That no prophecy of Scripture ever arose from somebody's own interpretation. Men spoke as they were moved along by the Holy Spirit. Men like Moses, men like Elijah, right? Christ is the fulfillment. The whole Old Testament points to Christ. Not only a, hey, he's coming, but also every little line on every little page you see Christ. Everywhere. Good. And then maybe we could talk about that cloud. Ooh, that creepy cloud that shows up, right? Comes out of nowhere while Peter is still speaking. How rude, right? Interrupts a man while he's speaking? Yes, Peter needed to be interrupted. He didn't know what he was saying. He was saying words like glue and stuff. No, just kidding. (laughs) He had no clue what he was talking about, right? Peter doesn't know what he's saying. And so this cloud of presence, the Lord's presence, interrupts him and zips him up. It's not his place to speak. This is my son, my beloved one, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Stop all the jibber-jabber. Be quiet. Listen to Jesus. My goodness. I mean, that cloud of presence, when it overshadows, though, what do they, how do they react? Even after that word, this is my son, my beloved one, right? Listen to him. How do the people react? Peter, James, John? Faces flat on the ground in fear. Where did all that, tis good Lord to be here stuff go? That was wiped away really quickly by God's presence. Flat on your face, terrified, in fear. So it goes for the confident sinner. The one who stands before God. I've got something to say. 
I've got it figured out. So it goes for the confident sinner who's trusting in his own works, who says, I'll stand before God, I'll go into God's presence, I'll march right into that cloud, and I will show him the deeds of my life, and I will say, haven't I done enough? Open the gates, man. Or, I know how you should have been back here on earth while I walked this green little planet and blue planet, right? I know how you should have been, God, and I think you should have behaved this way, and I know you should let me in because I thought you should. Flat on your face, terrified before God. You do not want to show up to the judgment seat of Christ bringing something from yourself to the table. We can go on boasting, I suppose. But what is going to happen when you do meet your maker? How will that go? Will the ways of yourself, will the ways of your philosophies, will your reason, will your works, will all of that pile up and God will say, you gave it a good shot, buddy. Is that going to be enough? Is that what you're banking on? You see, when God looks at you, and you alone, you know what he sees. If you're honest with yourself, if you've let his law do its work and speak to you, you know how he should judge you. You know when that cry goes out, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of thy master, that you say, Ah, if I'm looking at me, I'm not sure he can say that. So what do we do then? We compare ourselves to others. We try and come out ahead. Give it the old college try, right? Maybe God will grade on a curve. Maybe he'll be merciful because we, we showed a little bit of effort after all. Chin up, right? Count on that. God is merciful after all, right? So, maybe he'll just be nice. Lower the bar a little bit, right? You compare yourself to somebody else then. And how does that work out, honestly? Somebody's better than you. Somebody else is always out there doing better. More with the time that they've been given, more with the gifts they've been given, and dang it, they probably have more gifts, right? To begin with. It's not even fair to begin with. Not even fair. It's a fixed game. Start to get a little mad at God, right? Because the game seems rigged. Who can meet this standard? When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. That's how we sinners don't stand before God, but lie flat on our faces before God. Terrified. When God's law speaks, have you no fear? Have you no remorse? But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. 
And there we have it. To us terrified sinners, trying to figure out this game all on our own, it's just goofy when there were people who were inspired to write all these wonderful words, spirit-filled words, eternal life-filled words for you and me to hear. Christ comes to terrified sinners, silenced by God, stricken by our guilt, by our shame over our sin. And he says, get up. First he touches, right? Isn't that just so gracious and merciful? And then, and when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Were they looking at their own works? Were they thinking in their own brains as to how God should be and how he should act and what he should do and all of that stuff? Or did they simply see Jesus only? And with that, well done, good and faithful servant. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. He did it well, didn't he? Yes, well done, good and faithful servant, hearing your father, doing your father's will. And you mean to tell me that you're the one who's not going to gloat over me and say, nana, nana, boo, boo, I did it. Why didn't you do it? Follow me. I'm your example. What would I do? Put the sticker on your car, man. Come on. Do it. Instead, he says, yeah, rise and have no fear. Look to me. To me only. Stop looking at yourselves. Stop looking at others. Stop it all. No longer be flat on your face scared, but standing tall, full of hope. No fear. No fear because your sins are forgiven. All that just causes that fear when God's presence is there, right? That wants to just slam you flat on your face. Guilt, shame, oh, all the separation from God that you've ran away from God purposefully. You make up for it by this hour on Sunday? I have news for you. It's more than an hour. Sorry. (laughs) You knew that. But all the blaming God just stops. It's all over because faith sees Jesus only. You look to Christ for the forgiveness, life, and for your standing before God now, for tomorrow, for next week, for next month, for the next years, and for the day that you will stand before God, Jesus Christ himself. You look to Jesus as the founder, the perfecter of your faith, and you are in him alone. Faith sees Jesus only. Baptized into Christ is what you are. You are clothed with Christ. You have put on Christ. You have been adopted as the Son of God. With you, your God is well pleased. Not because of all those great grand works that you brought to the table. No, they're filthy rags. But in Christ, who does the Father see? The Father sees Jesus only when he looks at you. And you see Jesus only. You've been declared righteous. It's not because you are. It's because God said so.
Ah, and so our hope is built on that solid rock foundation then. Not on our works. We're headed towards shame. We're headed towards Pharisee games of comparing ourselves to others or outdoing somebody in good works or just trying and playing that game. Our hope is built on nothing less and nothing more than Jesus, than his blood, his righteousness. And so we don't find ourselves looking at ourselves, looking to my great personality, works, reason, my decision, or maybe it's just chance. Let's leave it up to that. Or vain hopes. I think God should be this way, so he might be. No. Look to Christ and see God's clear love for you. It's right there in his son. Listen to his son. You see, the story of the transfiguration is the story of faith. It's not a made-up story. Don't hear that wrong. It's the truth. Okay, this happened. But it's the story of faith. Terror first in the presence of God. Terror. Terror over sin. Look at yourself, man. All your jibber-jabber, what's it amounted to? A grand zip-it from God. Listen to Jesus instead. And then, looking to Jesus, there's peace. Absolute peace. I remember walking down Palafox one night and one of the pamphlet guys was there saying, here, throw this in the trash for me. Now, he was... <laughs> now, he was... <laughs> He was asking the grand question, right? Um, are you saved? And, you know, or do you know you're going to heaven with certainty or something like that? I was like, yep, I'm good. And then that wasn't enough, right? No, it's Jesus. He died for me. No, you, what have you done, though? Stop trying to destroy my faith. Stop trying to have me look anywhere else for faith but Jesus. Faith looks to Jesus alone. Go away. Go away. You're trying to destroy faith when you take my eyes off of Jesus. This is the story of faith. Now, it's also the story of faith in this way. And it's, it's going to seem like it ends on a bad note, but it's not. Okay? They don't stay on the mountain, right? Having seen the glory, looking at Jesus only, knowing the Son, having no fear before God, rise and have no fear knowing that we're headed to the resurrection, to eternal life, we go down the mountain. And Jesus goes down the mountain to the cross. And we take up our cross and we follow. We go to our vocation. We go to work. We go to the ho-hum, the everyday, the traffic lights going from green to yellow to red with all those people who can't figure out where the gas pedal is. And all these things that we go through in our earthly lives, right? Our cell phones, the notifications, all of this stuff, right? We go down the mountain, we head on out, we take up our cross with full peace, no fear before God. Trusting in his mercies now and evermore because we're in his son, Jesus Christ. Baptized into him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are God's child, and with you he's well pleased. In Christ Jesus. Amen.